Welcome to the Confident Content Creators Podcast, where we'll talk about how to live unapologetically and show up as your most authentic self online. Hey, it's Lindsay, confident content coach, boy mom, and corporate nine to fiver. I'm an extroverted introvert who loves to talk about all things social media and how to create confident content that converts your followers into your ideal client. On this podcast, we're going to get clarity around your content strategy and hear real life stories from boss babes, just like you, who are showing up confidently online. I know how hectic and busy entrepreneurial life can be. So let's dive right in. Welcome back to Confident Content Creators. Today, I have with me Janice Galloway. This is another lady boss of Utah. We met through the Lady Bosses of Utah Facebook group. And I'm super excited because Janice has got a lot going on and it kind of makes me feel like not so alone. (laughs) And you guys will understand what I mean. But she is an entrepreneur, mother and urban farmer, which I think is so cool, uh, especially in this day and age. But Janice is uh, the Jill of all trades with a heart of gold. Her keen eye to her surroundings has made her photography stand out and help recognize what not only her son and family need, but what the world needs in the kitchen. From her home to yours, meet Janice. Janice, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into all of the things, into photography and farming, and obviously you're a mother, so you are truly a Jill of all trades. (laughs) So I actually started doing everything just kind of from childhood. I I was that kid that used to walk around with a Polaroid camera <laughs> in my film. I would get my film developed every weekend. That was just my thing. I always did electives and whatnot too for photography. As in farming though, that was not my forte at all. I'm going to be honest. I was definitely a city girl, not a farm girl. <laughs> and then I met my husband and um, his grandfather actually taught him quite a bit. And he's been teaching me along the way. Um, so we ended up struck, striking out, uh, during COVID. And that's kind of when everything came to fruition. And we're like, you know what? We want to set some time aside to be able to be with our family, but to also take time to like go for our passion. And, you know, we started seeing a need and wanting to fill that need around with our community as well. That's so that's, awesome. that's kind of where that started. <laughs> so, so when you say like farmer, are you talking about like vegetables or like chickens? So we actually have a lot of animals. <laughs> we have poultry. We have chickens, turkeys, ducks. We just are acquired quail. And we also have bluegill, rainbow trout, and big mouth bass. And we also have fruit trees like peach, cherry, pear, apple, all kinds of apple. <laughs> and we we have like all sorts of vegetation. So it's it's kind of a lot, but <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So so you grow all the things, the animals, the fruits, the vegetables and everything, and then you harvest it and sell it to markets or like where do you So we we have actually started partnering with co-op and we are looking forward to trying to, you know, sell to the market itself. But we're not exactly like the biggest to be able to go further than the co-ops. And we wanted to kind of keep it small and within our community. And we felt that with co-ops, that would be the best fit for us at the moment. 
But I also, with everything we take from our like harvesting, I actually make fresh baked goods with that as well. We can make cocoa bombs, which are in the shape of an egg, like a chicken egg. So that's always fun. And they come in like egg cartons. We have even family recipes like uh, homemade salsa. And again, everything's from the farm. Oh, I love that. So I am a little bit of a farm girl and a city girl in one. So I, if you guys are familiar with Utah, this will make sense. But if not, just imagine I was born and raised the first part of my childhood in Murray, Utah, which is very much city. I could walk to the gas station. I had parks and everything like I I was very much a city girl. And then I was what I like to say ripped from the city and installed into Morgan, Utah, which is a very much small town farm. And on our farm, we we attempted to have cows and horses and chickens and goats and all that stuff. But my mom's favorite was her garden. She had this massive garden. And we also made our own homemade salsa and grew our own corn and things like that. And so I, I can relate to that, that like you're a city girl, but you're a farm girl. You make yep. your own salsa, <laughs> that kind of thing. And it's really fun. And it's really cool that we could do that here in Utah. Like, I think a lot of people are like, you can't grow that stuff in Utah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you can actually. So, (laughs) yeah. So you've got this photography business and you've got this farm, which you just told us is a lot of work, right? Like how much time a day do you spend on your farm specifically? (laughs) So I kind of lucked out on that. My husband usually takes all the grunt force, like stuff. He will, you know, be feeding the animals, taking care of them. But I, you know, landed the vet position <laughs> and HR and marketing. And I'm I'm the person behind the the name. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so anybody that, you know, comes in contact with us, they typically come in contact with me first and then kind of go from there. So I kind of got the easy job, but it's a lot of mental work. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. And but how is it working with your husband, like being essentially business partners in this venture? Sometimes we butt heads. I can tell you that one for sure. <laughs> we definitely like to be differently because I, I see, you know, marketing side of everything. And he's just kind of like, you know, I've got the game plan for, you know, getting more chickens or um, I need more soil, things like that. So he kind of just gives me like the list of things that we need to get and acquire and go from there. And it's kind of like, can you stop giving me a to-do list? (laughs) (laughs) It's like the other way around. Instead of giving him a honey-do list, he's like, honey, I need all this stuff. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Because like we're, we're constantly expanding. Like every year we are like making our, our, our coops, our cages, everything a lot bigger. Because they want to be able, like, we want to be able to give them a lot of enclosure space as well as outside space. And they get, you know, fun luxury of a fun little house, like indoors, but then they have like their run and everything as well with a swing and like dust baths and whatnot. So we try and make it as roomy as possible for them because a happy hen is going to be, uh, you know, the best <laughs> eggs. Oh, that's good to that's good to know and recognize. And it's good that you're expanding and growing year after year. That's super awesome. So you have you're a mom. How many kids do you have? And are are they helpful on the farm or not yet? I just have one. He is four, but he is rambunctious. (laughs) 
in this house, we all have ADHD and that's just like a recipe for chaos. So trying to keep each other on task is like a big thing for us. And he does help every once in a while, but sometimes it's a big mess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Do you do you foresee like as he gets up or as he grows up and gets older that he'll be a big help when it comes to stuff like that? I definitely think so. He loves to play with the chickens and he likes to, you know, have the the turkeys run after him and whatnot. He he enjoys the animals and being able to tend to them. So I think he would. And and what an experience as a child to grow up with that hands on like fingers on the dirt kind of lifestyle. Yep. <laughs> and I, I mean, like I said, I, I grew up in both. So I, I spent my younger childhood in the city. And then as I grew up and got older, I, I spent it in, in the dirt, in the farm. And uh, it's funny because if my mom's listening to this, she'd be like, you hated it. And I did everything that I could to get out as soon as I possibly could. But like now that I'm an adult and I have grown up and I'm back in the city, well, suburbs now, but those were valuable times of my life that that taught me a lot of life lessons. And I think that that's so important for kids to to be able to grow up with that versatility, you know. Definitely. My son has just we just barely started getting our first potatoes and my son is obsessed with pride. So him and my husband did the biggest happy dance ever. And my son yelled out. He's like, I can't wait to make my own French fries. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. He gets to be able to harvest it and be able to clean them and, you know, pair everything and then we can fry them up. <laughs> that's so cool. I, If I were going to grow a garden, it would 100% be just potatoes and corn because <laughs> I don't like very many other vegetables, but I could eat potatoes and corn every single day of my life and not get tired of it. Cause you can make French fries and you can make potatoes and like baked potatoes, mashed potatoes. If you want to get really crazy, you can make your own potato chips. Like there's so much. Right, exactly. <laughs> like the most versatile food. I love it. Oh man. So, so you have your farm life, you have your mom life, but you're also a photographer. So what kind of photography do, do you do? So I actually specialize in family photography and children. I also do have a passion project where I do end of life pet sessions for free because I know how, you know, near and dear they are to our heart. And I've, I've lived through a couple of losses myself and living in a life full of animals. That is definitely something that I want to be able to continue pursuing. But I love having candid moments with family and their children. And just being able to give them a memory that is a moment that they will always have forever. Yeah, that's and what beautiful moments to cherish. Like it, mm-hmm. I think not a lot of people, or at least I, I wouldn't have thought to do like a photography session with my pet. How beautiful we've had our dog in a couple of our like family photos, but I mean, dogs and kids are hard to photograph, so. How do you, I mean, you must have a lot of patience to be able to yes, sit with definitely. animals and kill children when it comes to that. Yeah. So I actually will send out like an email prior to the session, kind of giving a reminder that we're just, you know, going to allow everything to just flow, have fruition, have patience, you know, because kids of all, they have a hard time, especially the, when it comes to schedules being different from their normal routine. 
and they'll typically come hungry or they need to go to the bathroom or it's just too hot. (laughs) Or snap time or things. Exactly. So there's, there's always something that, you know, gets interrupted out of their normal day routine for that session. So I always, you know, try and let the parents know. It's cool. You know, we can, I can take, you know, individual pictures of, of the children that are, you know, okay at the moment. We'll take some time, wait for them. And, you know, what's their favorite thing? I like to get to know everybody before I even start the session too. Because if someone really likes the, you know, baby shark sauce or if they like playing Mario or Zelda, things like that. Like I want to get playful with them and, you know, bring that genuine smile out and be able to allow them to just have fun and candid moments. Oh, and those are the best moments too. Like sometimes when they're too posed or they're too like, you can tell, like you look at a family yeah. photo hanging <laughs> on a wall and you're like, that is not a, I, that's not a comfortable <laughs> Right. Right. <laughs> That's Especially funny. sometimes you end up having the mom that's like, just smile. <laughs> and you can just kind of see that she's just like talking to her teeth. <laughs> yeah. You're like, so, let me yeah. do that job. You just smile. Yep. Exactly. You, you, you just relax. I got this mama. <laughs> that's good. Well, it's good that you take that pressure off of the families. And I think when it comes to family photos, the moms are the ones that stress out about it the most because we Definitely. want everything to be perfect. We want everyone to be their clothes to be, you know, all in place and everyone to be smiling or laughing. And exactly. And then and, and let's out. be realistic too. Like majority of the time, all of the pictures that are taken are by mom. So mm-hmm. this is like the one like family moment that they can actually be all together in one picture. Yeah. So that, that's a lot for them, too, that they want to make it super special. Yeah. So often we're <laughs> the ones behind the camera and we're taking the pictures. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I love that. So you have multiple businesses, multiple things going on in your life. How do you market each business and how are they similar but also different? When it comes to like similarities, I feel that our goals are in line. We want to be able to support and help other entrepreneurs and learn and go through the learning curve together, basically. But we also want to see our community grow. As for marketing to be able to do things that I'm still trying to get a handle on it (laughs) because I feel like it's kind of vastly different. You know, uh, over here with the farm, you've got products and just kind of like life moments going on with our family and the animals and trying to keep everybody updated on what's going on, the expansions and whatnot, as well as, you know, sometimes we have people that want to come and check out the farm or do their own. Oh, my gosh, what are they called? (laughs) They kind of want to like do their own like live stream, too. Um, so content creators are getting a hold of us and whatnot, trying to like glass egg, do fun projects like that with their children. But then with photography, I'm, I'm putting out photos, you know, selling out like bookings and sessions and whatnot. It's just very vastly different. So I'm still trying to get a handle on how to like market each one. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely, you know, different markets, different clients, different mm-hmm. tactics when it comes to exactly. each, but. I love what you said about having the same values, the similar values between your businesses and what your overall goals are. And it seems like you have found two vastly different businesses, 
that seem to be in alignment with each other. Yeah, that's good. Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it makes it makes your life a lot happier, right? Because you're doing things that you love. Yeah. So how do you balance it all? Like, do you have schedules or like, what is your secret? (laughs) Chaos. Utter chaos. I try to, like I said, ADHD. So we try and like balance each other out. You know, if I, I'm a very organized person, I have everything on the calendar, even if it's, you know, like we have to go shopping this day type of thing. Um, though there are a lot of times that I do forget stuff that my husband's always there to be like, Hey, let's put this on there. Cause definitely forgot that one. <laughs> um, but that is, it's just kind of accountability within each other as a team. Um, and honestly, I would not be able to do this without my husband. It is a lot, <laughs> but um, definitely trying to schedule us out and keep organized as best as possible is kind of our biggest secret. But I'm not gonna lie, it's not easy, and it's definitely chaos sometimes. Yeah, because <laughs> sometimes not everything goes your way. <laughs> oh yeah, well, and I think I think a lot of times as new entrepreneurs, you're either working a nine to five and trying to start a business, or you have a family and you're trying to start a business, and so. Is a lot of chaos, especially in the beginning of trying to find find that perfect balance. You know what I mean? And I like to think of it more as like synergy instead of balance, because you're not trying to get them to equal out. You're trying to get them to work together, right? And it it sounds like in your family that dynamic of communication and playing on each other's strengths. Like you're really good at organizing. He's really good at not forgetting like the fine details and things like that. And so. And what a great support system between you and your husband to be able to be there for each other and support each other. How have you, have you, is it just you and your husband or do you have a large support system that helps you out with like your son or things like that? I wish. <laughs> it's just me and my husband. So that's kind of where the chaos comes in because, you know, like we talked with the photography, children aren't always going to be on the same schedule as you are. So even though you might have a meeting or you need to go deliver items like there's they're still going to be like I need to go to the restroom I you know they have they have needs that they need to be met too so you just kind of go on a whim and just <laughs> hope that you know at least one can handle the other and the other one can handle the rest type of thing though we do like to try and do everything together as much as possible but that's not always the case <laughs> yeah I get that. So with your son being so young, I know he's not in school yet, but do you guys do preschool or how do you, are you planning on schooling him yourself or what is those? So we actually do preschool, but we do homeschooling through Zoom actually. So it's actually been very helpful because he gets to still be in his environment and he's not, because he's already ADHD presenting, he has specialized attention. And that's very helpful for us. We were, you know, very afraid that he would get kind of lost in the crowd if we sent him to public school and he wouldn't get the attention that he needed when it came to his education. Gotcha. So do you plan on continuing that that homeschool approach with him? Yes, definitely. I feel he's built a lot of bonds with that too, because they do have like field trips where it's in person and he gets to know all of the kids in class. 
And because it's such a small class size at the moment, like he gets to have those personal like memories and moments with them. And it just kind of builds a better bond with them. But he's, he's gotten some friends out of it too, which is very happy for a parent. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's such a cool concept now because like I used to think homeschool was like, literally all homeschool like you and your mom did it and you had no friends and you didn't like there was a a little bit of judgment from me being a public school child (laughs) to be like you are homeschooled like weird (laughs) but nowadays like the more I learn and I see people are more they're educating other people on what homeschooling actually is there is a lot of like co-ops and meetups and things like that Mm -hmm. that you're just not in a public school setting which is really cool Right. And it also takes some, you know, stress off of me too, because I don't have to worry about, you know, remembering my math. <laughs> yeah. And you're um, not alone. So, you're not like, doing I'm it not by the yourself. one that's teaching him. It, it's some, it's another, he has this teacher and she's actually like within the school district. So they, they have all the educational material that they need to be able to you know, provide him everything. Oh, um, that's good. When, you know, you as a person, sometimes you may struggle with like reading or like math or, you know, history, stuff like that. Yeah. They have everything already. So it kind of takes the guesswork out of that, too. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you're not having to go at it alone because you have that support and that help from other people. Because, yeah, if I had to teach my son math, oh, my gosh, he's going into fifth grade and fourth grade math. He would be bringing it and asking me questions. And I'm like. You learned this in yep. fourth grade? Like, what? <laughs> exactly. I so the, the cool thing is, too, is that you kind of build a community that way, too. So, because honestly, with the lack of support that we do have, it's really nice to be able to say, hey, you know, person that used to be my, well, is my son's teacher, but is now our friend. We need a little bit of help. Can you, like, take him off our hand? Can he go play and have a play date? And, you know, more than happy. We'll come over and, you know, take him, go play and whatnot. And it's it's just really nice to be able to have that little community and support there, too. Yeah. Oh, it, community and support is so important. If the, and if you don't have a community to lean on, definitely find one or create one. Because having that support system, whether it's in motherhood or it's in business, like having some, having a community to lean on is game changing. Like, we both are in Lady Bosses. That's how we met. It's in it's an online networking community that is kind of online and in person because we do in-person meetups. But it's a community of like-minded business owners who can help you along the way if you have questions and things like that. Most definitely. They have been very helpful. I, you know, honestly, before I even got into that group, I felt so lost. <laughs> now I feel so much like so much guidance that I can just be like, hey, I have this question. I'm gonna go to my community and say, yeah. hey, pals, like, <laughs> can I get some support here? I don't know what to do here. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's so an it's incredible place to lean on. So let's talk about that a little bit about starting a business from scratch. Like, what would you say was the first step? in starting your business what is like the first thing that you did and you can you can pick this from a photography side or the farm side but like what was like the first step for you i definitely like me personally wanted to make sure that the career or business that i decided to go into was going to be something that i was passionate about 
because I felt that if I wasn't passionate about that particular subject, I wasn't going to have the drive to continue. And when I decided to actually make a business out of it rather than, you know, just kind of go into whatever like career field, um, at that moment, I knew that there was going to be ups and downs because I had worked sales floors, things like that. And I had seen all the up and downs as profit every single day. You know, we didn't make the same every single day. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to have my setbacks. I'm going to have moments where a customer is not going to be happy with me or the product or the experience. There's going to be something and I'm already prepared for it because I've been there. I know how that this goes. So I definitely wanted to align my passion first, make sure that it was something that was going to keep me driving forward yeah when uh, when things get difficult having that remembrance of why you're doing what you're doing because yeah when things get difficult that's the easiest time to quit but if you're passionate about it you won't you're gonna keep going forward exactly yeah and then after that honestly my mindset was money was not an objective even though it was because you know when you start from scratch, you don't really have anything to start with. You're you're starting from the ground and trying to go up. <laughs> but I just, I kept putting myself in the mindset of, you know, it's not going to get in my way. Mm. I'm going to be able to do this whether I have the money or I don't have the money. Because again, that passion comes in and it's that driving force that overcomes that. And it goes same with the support and that you probably won't have starting from scratch. (laughs) I, I, you know, honestly, I thought going into it, that was one thing that I did not expect was a family and friends to not necessarily be your biggest support system. I always went into it thinking that that was going to be your support system, but it wasn't. And so knowing that this was my passion and my driving force, I was on my way to find that community for myself instead. Oh yeah, exactly. The, They always say, you know, your customers and clients are going to become your friends faster than your friends and family are going to become your customers and clients. Because the unfortunate thing about it is they are not most of the time not going to support it or they just feel like, oh, I'm supporting from afar and, you know, well wishes are are great. But a lot of times I think what and especially in like a service based business, such as like a photographer or something like that is what we don't realize is they are the worst clients. <laughs> like, I don't know if you've ever, <laughs> but working with family is so much harder because they're not afraid to tell you how it is, which sometimes is a good thing. But at the same time, yeah. like they're, they feel a lot more comfortable uh, breaking your boundaries or things mm-hmm. like that because they have that closeness connected to you. So having family and friends as customers and clients sometimes is harder because they're not great clients. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely had my couple of occasions where it'd be like, Hey, we're having this barbecue or so-and-so's getting, getting married. Come, you know, you're invited, um, but bring your camera. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, Oh, okay. So, you know, at that point also, you kind of, you kind of learn to set your own boundaries too. And that was one difficult thing for me because I was a heavy set people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I definitely had to build my boundaries from scratch too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So definitely when you're starting a business, A, you have to have the right mindset. B, you have to have strong boundaries and C, make sure it's in alignment and passion. That's kind of what I pulled from our conversation here is make sure you're passionate about it, have the right mindset and set clear boundaries. So yeah, definitely. Well, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, I mean, obviously your photography business and farming is somewhat of a local business. So obviously local to Utah, if they wanted to reach out to you, where would be the best places to to find you or to contact you? So we're actually located in Sandy, Utah. For our For my photography, I service all of the Salt Lake Valley. So not only do I do in-studio stuff, but I also am able to, you know, travel around and take outdoor photos. That's actually my most favorite thing to do. And as for the farm, you know, you can find us over in in Sandy, Utah. We're local here. (laughs) You can also find us on our website and Facebook. Perfect. And I'll put her website and her Facebook in the show notes so you can reach out to her or at least go follow along on the journey and check in on your chickens and ducks and stuff and see how they're doing. And your baby quail, right? You just got baby quail. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. If you had one piece of advice for a brand new entrepreneur, what is something that you would tell them? I would definitely tell them to build the community, find some resources. That way they can get started mm-hmm. and find that passion. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Find, <laughs> find a community and support system for sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today and telling us all about your life and businesses. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us today. If this episode boosted your confidence or helped you find clarity in any way, then will you do me a huge favor and leave a review wherever you're listening? You can also share this episode on your social media and tag at confident content creators. Also, don't forget to turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.